So for your day, today we have Victor Henry. He's a UFC bantamweight fighter. Uh, let's get right into the video. All right, so first, you know, a few questions, kind of like icebreakers. So, like, what animal would you like to talk to if you could talk to any animal? Tardigrades. Why? <laughs> because they survive anything. They're little micros. They look like little, you know, they look like little bears. They're microscopic. But basically, you can throw those things on Mars and they would survive because that's just the way they are. You know, the they're little, they're literally smaller, you know, little molecules and shit. So that's why that's who I would talk to being able to survive literally anything. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I guess you couldn't agree more. You got to survive. Um, what is the most boring sport to watch in your opinion? Baseball. Just because of the longevity of it and everything? No, I mean, I mean it's, it's so this, I work at a bar. So yeah. you get a lot of, you get a lot of fans of a lot of different sports, but I like to mess with the baseball crowd. Cause um, I just think, I just tell them, man, how are you going to have a sport where in the middle of the sport, you have something called the seventh inning stretch? Like, yeah, like your, your, your sport is so yeah. interesting that you got to stand up and stretch before, I mean, <laughs> before the end of the game. But, um, you know, I, I just, I can't, I mean, I used to play baseball when I was a kid and I yeah. just, you know, even now, you know, sometimes friends, we've had little baseball games here and there, but I just can't watch it. I just can't. It just, to me, it's just so slow. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Last one. So what is your favorite late night snack? Favorite late night snack? Uh, donuts. I mean, yeah. like I said, dude, I work at a bar and I, sometimes I'm coming home at like two in the morning and there's a two, three in the morning. And there's a, there's a donut shack that's open right here. And I'll stop by and I'll get, you know, a dozen donuts and sure enough, I'll have some right before I go to bed. And some of my roommates will have it before, uh, I mean, right when they wake up. So, you know, donuts are, donuts are the way to go. You can have them at any point in the day and they're, they're good. No. Yeah. Um, me and my buddies after the bar, we always go to sheets as a, you know, uh -huh. get some late night, uh, late night snack, old gas station food. Um, so I want to get into, so I think I believe I'm right, but was it UFC 270 was the first time you met Joe Rogan, right? Uh, the first, I mean, the first time I got to talk to him inside yeah. the cage. Yeah. The first time I actually met him, I was, uh, it was in an elevator in 2006 when I first started training over at Legends MMA. I went to go sign up and it was him and Eddie Bravo in the, uh, in the elevator. And we kind of like, oh, hey, hey, what's up, yeah. you know? Yeah, it must know, be but... it must be a surreal experience getting to talk to him after winning a fight though at two seventy. Yeah, I mean it was you know it's, it's weird because like the we have a lot of the same mutual friends because you know obviously my my head coach Josh Barnett and he's obviously really familiar with Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan is you know he's he knows a lot of the people I know mm -hmm. and it's just weird that we've never actually got to talk to each other, especially yeah. with all the stuff that we're into. Yeah, so at that at that fight, you came out to bearing teeth for a vol. You care come out to that like all the time, and like why that song is. Well, I mean, I like I like heavy metal. You know, uh, that that genre of music is uh is real pop. I mean, real popular with me and my crowd and the people that I, that I hang out with. But um, I don't always walk out to song to that song. In fact, when I started my amateur career, I would walk out to "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen. Yeah. Um, later on, when I turned pro, I started walking out to uh, the Great Stone War by uh, Winds of Plague, and they're you know they're a heavy metal band, and you know I've always pretty much liked metal things yeah. like that. Um, Bearing Teeth for Revolt. I mean, I've, I mean that's recent history within the past what six fights that yeah. I've that I've fought yeah. in. So, 
getting that fight in general was pretty hard with the UFC because they at first they didn't want, like it because of uh, oh we don't like um, we want to keep the family environment and 270 was over in Anaheim we're over with yeah. Disneyland and at first they weren't cool with it and I was like how are you gonna not be cool with my song it doesn't yeah. have any cuss words yeah. doesn't have anything and then you have all these people walking out to rap songs with you know, talking about drugs and degrading yeah. women and dropping racial slurs. And yeah, my, my music doesn't have any of that. It's just fast. Yeah. And they were like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. So here you go. That's wild. Um, at that, that fight, you took that fight pretty last minute, right? Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was actually eating Korean barbecue when they, uh, when they hit me up for that fight. So I had to lose, uh, 20 something pounds within a short amount of time. That's that's wild. Um, I I guess I, I I mean I imagine you're always like staying ready, but I guess that fight maybe like exemplified why you do that. I guess. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I keep I, I tell a lot of people, especially my teammates, that you have to be able to be at least in a position to capitalize on opportunity. Um, even if you're not in the best shape, you know, like it's hard to be in the best shape when you're just, when you're not training for it, you know, but as long, as long as you keep your diet in check and you're, you know, just because you're not in the gym pushing super ultra hard all the time, doesn't mean you're in a, you're not in a great position to take a fight. Yeah. Um, and an example of that is when I fought Barcelos at 270, you know, like I wasn't in the best shape, but I was in the gym. I was consistent. I was still doing my rounds. And my weight was in a point where it was manageable, you know, where I can, okay, this is going to suck, but I can, I can do it. And then when I did it, you know, the, the, the opportunity was there, you know, it doesn't make sense for these fighters to get like 30, 40 pounds over their suggested weight. I mean, their, 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 uh, their weight class. And then here comes an opportunity to fight in the UFC or to have a last minute fight against a ranked opponent or whatever it is. You're just not in the position to do it because you've gotten fat. You know, and that, I mean, that's kind of, it kind of sucks. But if you, at the end of the day or at the end of your career, you look back on it and you say, man, I couldn't capitalize on this because I was fat. Yeah. So yeah. Guess, that sucks. Yeah. I guess it kind of like leads my question. Like what weight do you walk around and what do you do to cut weight? Um, well, I usually, even when I'm heavy for my weight class, I'm usually around 155 pounds. Huh. That's when I'm heavy, you know, um, when I'm like, when I'm out, you know, when I'm pretty much in fight camp and I'm training regularly and, you know, doing everything that I usually do, then I talk about 150 pounds and I probably won't get past 151. When I'm 155, that's heavy for me. That's like, okay, I've taken breaks. I'm not, I'm training, but I'm not training ultra hard. Like I'm trying to do something, you know, I'm, I'm training, but I'm resting at the same time. Um, as far as cutting weight, man, that's a lot, a lot of it is diet. You know, I'm lucky in that, as soon as I start changing my diet, my weight actually comes off pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And then the last 10 pounds is pretty much water weight, man. Yeah. Um, you know, go from 145 to 135, water weight, cut out the cut out the carbs, you know, salt load on the week before, and then the week of the weight cut, you start water loading and cut out all the salt, cut out all the uh, the carbs, and it's just proteins and greens and start cutting down your portion sizes and all of a sudden there you go. You know, it sucks, but it's possible. Yeah. You kind of talk about all the things that like go in the fight. I always wanted to ask, I never asked anyone but like you know, fight week. How hard is it? Like I, you have like meteor 
obligations, all the stuff that goes into it. How hard is it, you know, do all these things? And then at the end of the day, you still have a fight at the end of the week. Uh, it's not too hard. You know, um, it, it does get um, a little uh, time consuming mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, what, well, you know, like for, for instance, this last one, I didn't have that much media to do. You know, it's like, okay, you do your mandatory media, which is like Asian, you do a uh, Asian MMA, they have some interviews and then you do a couple, a couple interviews with like Paul Felder, uh, Dominic Cruz, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier, some of those guys, they ask you yeah. pre-fight stuff, but it's not that hard when you get to the upper yeah. echelon of the, you know, the top five guys and everything. And they have media press conference, this, that, and the other open workouts. That's where it starts yeah. to become a little more yeah. demanding, but the promote the UFC has a promotion. They still, they still give you time to do the things that you need to do in order to cut weight and train and everything. So it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not very hard. It is pressure, but it's not hard. Um, considering how like, okay, like usually during fight camp, you're training three times a day. You train in the morning, you train in the afternoon, you train at night. When you're, when you're, when it's the, the week of the fight, you're not doing that because obviously you're not going to burn yourself out, but also you're cutting weight. So you're prime, you're primarily just losing a little bit of weight, drilling, doing that, doing this. And, it's not too hard, but now you're replacing one of those training sessions with media. Okay, yeah. I got to answer questions for a few hours and then kind of, okay, guys, I got to go. You know, yeah. I got to go do this. You know, you're, you're pretty much taken care of, so it's not too hard. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, your last fight, obviously. Can I wanted to ask you, like, for, like when do you want to fight your next fight, and is there anyone in particular you're looking for, or how's that going? Uh, you know, I'm not really in the business of uh, – I'm in the business of fighting people, not calling people out, you know uh, – I just renegotiated my contract for four more fights. So I'm here, you know, I'm here for, you know, at least another four. Um, I have nobody really in mind that I'd really like to fight. I mean, as long as it keeps me climbing towards my, the end goal, which is of course the belt, then I'm in for it. You know, Um, the UFC, I believe has, uh, has, uh, has a road paved out for me that they think that it is going to, uh, benefit the company of course benefit me you know but you know as far as when i I don't even know they haven't hit me up with anything but i'm ready to go you know after my last fight i took a day off and then i just got back into the gym Mm -hmm. yeah i went back to it so yeah um i I like to do this so random fight in 2013 you had a fight in burbank california uh what can you tell me about that if you remember, uh, was it the uh, was it the one I fought, Bronson Casares? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that fight interesting enough. So this promoter, Roy Engelbert, he has a promotion out here called uh, OC Fight Club, mm-hmm. but he also has this private deal that he does for. I think it's a charity event. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these guys, they're they're you know the multimillionaires movie stars they they're at this country club and it's a small private event for them yeah i fought on the same card as alan joban who ended up being in the ufc also yeah now this guy bronson casares was four and oh and i was three and oh and so he was a tall lengthy southpaw when i was like okay that was a tough fight because of course neither one of us wanted to lose and i'm swinging for the fences and he's swinging for it and we're just both going at it, you know. So I I ended up getting the uh, the unanimous decision win, 
And I remember right after the fight, before they announced me as the winner, you know, both me and Bronson, we have our hands up and we're walking around in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the, uh, in the ring. And I see Sylvester Stallone. And I'm like, oh shit, that's there. And he goes like, eh, eh, eh. he gives me that, like this, the that's Rocky, like, hey, good job, yeah. you know, like whatever. And I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. Well, like I said, it was a private show, so as soon as you fight, they escort you to your uh, to your locker room. Mm-hmm. They have you get dressed and they kick you out basically. So what wow. I did is I went, to, yeah. So what I did is I went to my uh, I went to my locker room. I got my I got my clothes and everything, and I snuck off into the uh, into the areas where I wasn't supposed to be. With all the guys that were, you know, that were multimillionaires yeah. and everything. And sure enough, this one guy goes, hey, man, that was a great fight. You know, you won me some money. You know, here's a here's a drink and I don't drink. Yeah. So I kind of like handed it off to my coach. You know, mm-hmm. oh, here you go. And he kind of taught me, hey, man, even if you don't drink or whatever, and if somebody offers you something, you take it. Yeah. Because these guys want to feel like they're uh, like they're doing something for you. So even if you just take it and you're just holding it and they don't even see you um, drinking it, just take it. You know, like, okay. And then the guy goes, hey, we got some girls in the back. You want to just get one and blah, blah, blah. So they were just, and I was like, nah, bro, yeah. I'm good. I got me a girlfriend. All right, all right. Hey, yeah. she ain't even going to know. You know, so. <laughs> That's wild. Um, So a couple last questions. I don't want to like take too much time, but how'd you get your nickname? Uh, Which one? Because I got a few of them. Love Mangosta. All right. So that one. All right. So I'm a lot of people don't know, but I'm half Mexican. You know, even though this red beard and long hair, I look like a white dude, but I'm half Mexican. And uh, my coach, Josh Barnett, he goes, we got to give you a, a nickname that's, you know, that'll that'll bring in the, uh, the your 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 Mexican heritage. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Go for yeah. it, bro. Because I mean, yeah. Where I'm from, we don't come, we don't bring up, we don't, uh, we don't choose our our nicknames. You know, the, our coaches do. So after you know a day of deliberation, he comes back. He's we're gonna call you La Mangosta, which means the mongoose. Yeah. And I'm just like, why that? I mean, my dad has been calling me El Monstro, mm-hmm. the monster, since I was yeah. a kid. Why La Mangosta? He goes, oh, bro, it's because you're like, you're like a little, you know, you're you're feisty, you're curious, and then when at a drop of a hat, you're willing to get fucking violent. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but that's funny. That's yeah. Crazy. I'm just like, yeah, dude, a mongoose. All right, cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll run it. Um, in your uh, in your career, you've been all over the world. Um, where's the coolest place you've been to fight? Oh man, I think the coolest place I've been is probably most likely Japan. Yeah. They just uh, it's just everything that they do is just so. It's Japanese. It, it even just the simple things they do. It's so Japanese, but it's so cool. It's so this the way they do things. Yeah. Um. Even when I fought in Russia, I thought you know I thought that was a cool place too. It was just a, such a different, different experience. But I would say that the reason why Japan is is because they were, the ex- I've had more experiences over there. Mm-hmm. The experience to you know do so many different things mm-hmm. in different places in Japan, and it's just a small. It's a super small country. In comparison to the rest of the world, but you know they have um, they have their ways of doing things, and and it's just so rooted in history that no matter what, like even when I fought for the deep championship belt over at Kurokin Hall, Kurokin Hall has been has hosted many legendary fights, le- legendary fighters, and you know these these matches that you know people remember, and they have them all over the wall. You know, different banners of different fights of different fighters and 
you know, I remember seeing Andy Hugh there and then of course Josh Barnett, you know, wrestled there and fought there. It's it's just a real cool place. Yeah. Um, last question. So in your career, what was the toughest win for you? The Once toughest win? Yeah. Uh I wanna say Yuki Motoya when I fought for the deep belt. That was the toughest win. Because um you know, the first round came out, we were, we were, we were good. And the second round came out, I dropped them with the, with the head kick. Uh, well, more like more a soccer kick. And then he survived it and, you know, and everything. And then in the third round, I had to survive that thing. You know, he was 100% going for the finish, but I just remember just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And then the fight was over. And I thought I was so tired that I thought the referee had stopped the fight. So I was like, damn, did I just get TKO'd? Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, that was a decision. I was like, oh, good, because I didn't even hear the bell because I remember just thinking to myself, keep moving, mm-hmm. keep moving. He's throwing punches, and some of them are hidden. Most of them are missing, but I'm just moving. I'm trying to get my stuff in, and I ended up winning a split decision over Yuki Motoya, and, uh, yeah, that was that was a real hard win. I still came away with the belt, so that was a real hard win. Yeah, just keep grinding. Um you know, Victor, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It uh, means a lot. Um, hope you stay in touch. And, you know, thank you again. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on, man.